Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Dear Black Girl. I'm your host, Unique. You can follow me on Instagram at Unismiles, U-N-E-E Smiles. And you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Dear Black Girl Pod. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and comment in the iTunes section. Now, if this is your first time listening to Dear Black Girl, Dear Black Girl is where we tell stories of black women through music. And each story is very different because all of our guests have to pick five songs that tell their lives. Now, today's guest is a DJ and a foodie and a personality, and she does a lot of stuff. And I would like to welcome DJ C. Devon. Ooh, she put the French accent on it, too. <laughs> yes. DJ C. DeBone, thank you for having me today. Thank you for coming. Now, I read your bio. Your story is super interesting. I want to know how you got into DJ, because you went from singing and dancing and event planning and to DJing. It's so funny when you hear your bio back, because you kind of forget some things, you know? And I'm like... Like, I've just been DJing, like, most of my life. You know, like, I woke up and I was born and I was a DJ. But, um, yeah, I just was trying to stay out of trouble in the South Bronx. So, with that being said, I was in any free program, dance, singing. Uh, I went to LaGuardia. So, after LaGuardia, going to Howard, I just was like, I'm dancing. Now I'm singing. And then uh, one of my best friends said, you know what? You should start DJing. And I just never looked back. I'm one of those people that like like to try a bunch of different things. And I was like, mm, I really like this one. And then they paid me. I was like, wait, <laughs> I just have a passion and you get to pay me. Um, you know, but we'll go into the regrets I have with it, you know, the more we talk. But yeah, that's kind of how it started. And with food, funny, you know, little fun fact. I was always cooking, mm-hmm. actually, at the age of like two, three I burned myself because I was trying to make um, my mom some tea. But mm-hmm. and I was super small. I didn't get, like, taller till I was, like, maybe 13. I was always, like, first, second line in the kindergarten class, you know? <laughs> really small. And I decided, because I was still, like, strong. I always like to, you know, show my strength. Put this huge hot water, make this tea. Literally, I remember putting, pushing the chair, putting it up, and then it literally falling on me and i still have so i have burns here looks like people think it's freckles but it's not freckles it's burns but the only reason why they didn't take me from my mother is because they didn't touch my face that's (laughs) the only reason why this oh the south bronx they were like you know what keep your kids we don't want no extra kids in the foster care system (laughs) i i I had an experience i didn't burn myself but i had experience where I almost got myself taken away from my mother yeah. because I watched Vampire in Brooklyn and I wanted to recreate that movie. So oh I, there was like this trunk and I wanted to be a vampire and I locked myself in a trunk on accident. Oh, no, no, no. We're gonna, I, I actually was really into, I forgot I was into vampire, but it was more of a, what was the other one with Brad Pitt? Oh, Interview with a Vampire. Interview, that yes. was the one where I was like, I'm going to be a vampire for a day. <laughs> yeah. And my mom, she had to like, she left my candy, fundraising candy at work. So she ran out to get it. And when she came back, all the cops were there. And she was, and it was just, it was a, it was a mess. Oh my God. You had like cops and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Oh it was a God. mess. It was a mess. But they let it go. <laughs> Vampire in Brooklyn. That is so funny. I haven't heard that movie in forever. So that's, that's even funnier. But yeah. So yeah, that's, that's me. So with the food, I've always been like I had to be banned from like 
touching the stove. But since I was so sad, my mom was like, you can touch the oven. Which, And I'm like, that's kind of illegal, too, because I'm like <laughs> three or four years old. I used to cook breakfast for my sisters in the uh-huh. oven. Like She's like, you can touch the oven. Just can't touch the stove. So I was always cooking. So that's been in my DNA. So I'm like, I live to eat. <laughs> so what made you go to Howard? Oh, my goodness. I guess the short, like, really cheesy answer is, like, school days and, <laughs> you know, a different world. And, like, even when you hear, like, you know, anything from those movies, mm-hmm. I just, like, light up and I'm just, like, doing all the choreography. You know, you're a wannabe, wannabe. <laughs> like, I just love school days and a different world. And um, I was just a really interesting kid. Like, I knew exactly what I wanted to do with no research the internet was not a thing, so <laughs> I would, like, maybe go to the library, like, for an hour, and mm-hmm. I just was very, I sound good. I want to do that. I wish I could be like that now, you know? <laughs> but um, when I was 13, 12, 13, I said, I'm going to go to LaGuardia, and I'm going to go to Howard. Now, mind you, I'm from the South Bronx. No one in my family has ever been to college. My mom is like... You want to go to one of the top high schools and a top college. No money. No, you don't know how you're going to get in. And I was like, yeah, I just walked away. And she just was like, this kid's crazy. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to get in. And I did. You know, I was just one of those kids that was just like that. Like, I made up my mind. When I went to Howard that first day, I was so sad. I wish I did the research. I thought I was going to be on this beautiful plush campus with like in the south in the south with southern bells and yeah. it was just going to be this beautiful like experience of like just being in the suburbs no it's not good no. oh my god i was crying <laughs> i was like it was like some guy like trying to talk to me and cursing at me like oh the, no. the dorms were like you know a little broken down i mean i i love i live i breathe howard university i will you know this is my only time i would just tell my truth about it but it was not what I expected at first, but it was the best. I was the best decision I ever made. But it was very much like my heart just wanted to go there. Now, did I do the research? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew I was going there, and it's been the best experience of my life. That's amazing how you just spoke all that into scary happening. Like, that's the power of words. The power of words. At this small, I mean, no research. Like when I say there was nothing, like I think we had a book and it went through like a blurb of what each school was about. Uh-huh. And before that, it was funny because I wanted to go to um, when I was 13, 12, I said I wanted to go to LaGuardia Howard. 11, I said I want to go to Harvard and Bronx High School of Science. And my, they were like, OK. This kid is really like <laughs> ambitious. And I don't know if she's that smart, but I was like. I'm going to Harvard. And they were like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and then one day I woke up and I think I went to Bronx High School of Science for um, like a pretest. Because I, yes. like, for some, like, when I said the universe was talking to me, a teacher was like, I'm going to take you and pull you and take you to Bronx High School of Science. So you go there once a week just to learn how they learn so you can try to get in. I went there and I was like, this not I'm too cool for this, man. <laughs> Nothing against anyone who went there. I just was like, I'm a creative. I don't think like this. And I, even though I thought I was, like, semi-smart, I was like, these kids are, like, this is their life, you know? I just want to dance and sing and do stuff like that. And that I really made the decision. Like, I, when I took the test, I was literally like, 
C A B. Like, <laughs> I didn't even care. I just I went there. So I'm gonna finish it because I started it, but that was it. So yeah, the power of words, right there. Yes. <laughs> Let's get into your songs. We're gonna start off with song number five. Oh my gosh, okay. MC Light, Paper Thin. I adore her. I got the opportunity, um, got the opportunity at Essence Fest to have like we called it a battle, but it really wasn't like a battle. It was more like a friendly competition with one another, and they had like new school and old school female DJs. So um, I've all I just I just love her so much. You know, I love how she raps, her lyrics, just her style. So. And this is like the one song you will always, no matter what event I'm at, I am spinning this song. So, yeah, MC Light, Paper Thin. So who taught you how to DJ? Well, my best friend, he's actually in the room. <laughs> <laughs> he's my everything, my mentor, best friend. And um, he just said, listen, I think you have a good ear. You know, you're singing. And I was paying for my band. Like, I was just shelling out money just to perform. But I loved it so much. And he was like, I think you should, you should DJ. And he just taught me. And I just really never looked back. Like, I still was event planning. I still wanted to have money coming in. Um, and then um, I was doing just too much at one time. Like, I was a door girl. I was still trying to cook. I was still trying to do all this stuff. And I sat down and I was burnt out. And I said, okay. You're going to do two things. Just two. Because mm-hmm. you can't do one because you're doing two. That's not your personality. You're going to go to work as an event planner. And that's what you would do for money. If you have to clock in to a job, you would do event planning. But outside of that, you will only do DJing. You won't accept anybody else's door girl gigs. You won't help people with XYZ odds and ends. And that is it. And that's when my life really, really started. When I made that choice, oh my goodness, life just went like uphill from there that's amazing yeah so what were some of the challenges you faced in the beginning i mean my i was i would start with my okay the obvious the obvious is like it wasn't many female djs Mm -hmm. which if i was smart i could have really um utilized that a little bit more because i started a while ago i started i you know i wasn't carrying crates but i was definitely carrying turntables and there was no such thing as, you know, all these controllers that are so available now. So it was like now. back when they had the CDs? Oh, no, no, no. It was I, it was only turned. I don't even know if CDJs were a thing yet. Yeah. I'm trying to think of it, you know. I don't think so. Yeah, they definitely weren't. Or at least um, in any venue, you couldn't really get it. Maybe a couple years later. But... um it was it was some work, but for myself, um, you know, I was just trying to make sure I was good, trying to do my best. Um, you know, guys would look at me and be like, "Okay, you're a DJ, whatever." You know, that was the start of things. They but still do that, I think. They still they definitely still do that, and I'm I'm ruthless when it comes to that stuff. Even like Howard University Homecoming weekend, like. You know, everyone was like, you ready? I mean, I was really promoted. I was really thankful for the opportunities. And I said, I don't care where I'm at. I don't care who I'm going before or after. I'm going to do good, but I'm going to be professional. And I want them to see me and say, you know what? She knew exactly what she was doing. I can open and I don't want to have to. I'm not, I don't have to play all the hits. I'm going to still kill it and I'm going to do a good job. And that's what I want people to see when they see me. You know, like, she's professional. She knows what she's doing. She knows her technology, you know? 
and she's professional at the same time. And that's with the whole event planner thing, I think, comes in because mm-hmm. I know how to talk to the promoters and the clients and say, it's a little too loud. I think the lights are a little too high where you want to like bump it up a little bit. And they're like, oh, oh you're right. So it's just, the, you know, the different things I feel well, like. Well, that helps balance you out because a lot of people can't do that. Not even our managers can do that. Yeah. And I, and I think that's how I really got the corporate gigs. Mm-hmm. People were just so comfortable because I knew floor plans. I knew like, okay, that power's a little too far away. Did you just double check that? Why don't you just check the power? Because, you know, like Hurricane Sandy was not too long ago and the power is kind of shaky in that area. And they're like, oh, wow, we need a generator. Like I just was trying to be... You know, a couple Helpful. steps ahead yeah. of the curve. But my one thing as far as, to get back to the question, is as far as myself, I wish I worked harder because I really could have um, just had probably a little bit more opportunities for myself if I went after, opposed to just waiting for them to come to me. So I was fortunate that, like, you know, uh, Dark and Lovely was, like, the first big client I had. And it was at, like, a turning point in my life where I was like, I'm DJing, but I'm not really making money. And I stopped event planning for like three months. And um, they came to me. Then things just changed from there, you know. But what if I went out to those brands? What if out before there was influencership, you know, they would have been, you know, I probably could have made more money. I probably could have been more exposed. So just working harder always, you know, and being, you know, just being ahead of it, you know, like at 13, when I'm saying I want to go to Howard, I want to go to LaGuardia, you know, and you're 20 saying, you know what? I need to DJ for Beyonce. And if that sounds crazy, that doesn't sound crazy. Exactly. Anything, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Maybe I may be with Kelly. Maybe I may be with Solange. Maybe I may be with people and I may be around that. And maybe that may be a better fit for me mm-hmm. because my personality gelled more with Solange, you know? So yeah, that's that's my issues. <laughs> <laughs> Song number four. Mm. Okay. Um, Kanye Power. Even though I want, you know, Kanye's on a lot of people's, you know, bad lists. But, but we're talking about the old Kanye. So. The old Kanye. I miss the old Kanye. You know, like, I love that song because just the way he puts, like, no one man should have all oh, that power. power. That like, song gets me hype. <laughs> it gets me hype. Also, I'm really into fitness. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I hear that, uh, hey. I hear that in the gym, I'm like, oh, I could be sick. So it's just that one song that gets me pumped and hyped. Like, if I'm not feeling well, um, if I'm down, or if I really need to get myself um, ready for a gig, because I do have to, like, I'll shut music off for a little bit. If I know it's a really big gig or it's outside my comfort zone, I have to put music that's going to either inspire me to play well or inspire me to feel better. And that's one of them. So, yeah, Kanye West, <laughs> old Kanye, power. <laughs> so, okay, when you were starting out, because I know I have a lot of DJ friends, getting gigs... What was that struggle like for you? Oh, man. Um, the funny thing, as I, I may have mentioned a little bit, I was doing, um, I was a door girl. So yes. I was the girl who was in front of the club with the pen and the clipboard. And like, I would oh, say, yes, no, no yes, maybe yes, so. No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so as I was working, I mean, literally, I was working probably like 15, 20 hours a day because I was going to my event planning job. And I was doing, I worked with a really interesting, he was crazy. He was like, really crazy dude and um but taught me everything about event planning and i would work like wee hours then go to a club and like do the clipboard so 
once I was like, you know, I'm going to be a DJ. Promoters are going to hire me because they know me. Hello. They were not trying to hire me. It was like maybe one promoter who was like, I'll give you a shot. I'll let you open. But they were not. I thought I was going to be a shoe in. I was already at all the clubs. Why? You know, they're like, oh, she's just learning. So that was probably like the biggest challenge, like trying to get gigs. Um, the great thing was, which is the, which is the uh, even interesting story. And I believe this is like just key. Your friend of a friend is your best friend. Yes. Yeah. Not your friends half the time. In the beginning, I still have friends that, you know, work in major, major positions and they don't hire me. And I always ask, like, I wonder why. Like, you see how good if it's free, they want to, hey, we don't have a budget. Can you work for me or can you do this for me? And I'm like, but when you have money, you hire DJ such and such or, you know, DJ beautiful girl, you know, like you hire them when you have the budget, but you don't hire me because they see, they see your, um, your journey. Mm-hmm. They seen when you weren't good. They seen when she's just learning, they still looking at you in that way, opposed to knowing where you are, where the friend of a friend is like, Oh, she's good. I like her. I had a one conversation with her. She gave me good energy. You should hire her. And that's literally when I got my first big client, it was through the friend that didn't hire me. It was the, the friend of a friend. She said, oh, my gosh, she's so cool. And then she told her friend at work. And then he said, oh, why don't we give her ad in the Essence Dark and Lovely editorial? Okay. And then it was all the friend of a friend's. That's, you know, never burn bridges. Try to just literally, like, think before you talk. That is the most major advice to, like, because it's really about who you know. And then if you can stand up to your technical abilities, being a good person, looking good. And being professional and DJing, you'll be, you'll always have work, you know? Oh, yeah. That's another thing I realized. Um, Like, as far as female DJs, you have female DJs that are amazing, but they're not getting gigs. But the ones that look a certain way, they can't DJ for nothing, but are getting crazy gigs. It is crazy. It's sad. And... It's a gift and a curse because, yeah, and then you got the whole stigma with age, um, weight, maybe even. Oh, they even do age and weight. I didn't know that. I mean, no, age, weight, colorism. I mean, that stuff exists just across the board in general because people say, oh, I want a female DJ. Not because they want someone who's good. Sometimes it's just because they just want that look. Mm -hmm. And then they hope that that person is good. good. You know, and it, I mean. That's that's that sucks, you know, <laughs> but I mean, how can we change that? You know, and it's by doing things yourself, going out and creating your own events, doing your own gigs. And like it is just word of mouth. Sometimes I mean, with the PR people, when they have the budgets, their job is to make that event look good. Sometimes the music is so low. You're like, you don't even like, know someone's DJing. You don't even know. They're like, yeah. oh, I heard, oh, yeah, you're good. You're pretty. You're a size negative zero. You look like a model, you know, and they're getting the big bucks. The people who were really there who will, you know, bring that party to the next level. They may not get, or they don't have a, a you know, the, the social media following is what everything is about now. Yeah, that's crazy to me. Yeah, it's, I, I do not know how to change that. You know, even, you know, when I, there was a turning point where, I mean, I couldn't break, you know, I don't have a huge following, but I remember when I couldn't break, what was it? Maybe like 3000 and like there were girls 
who had 10,000 they first started. And I'm like, and 10,000 was like a really big number on Instagram, you know, first started. And I was charging so much more than them. And I remember I had a big client. They said, hey, we love you. We're going to hire you. We're going to pay you 300 bucks and we're going to pay her $10,000. What? She has a bigger following. I, I was happy with the honesty, okay. you know, but I was like, is this what it's about? This is crazy. And it was just literally like, we have a bracket and this is what we're going to pay people based off of their followers. social media. But I think the only way that changes is like when companies start to realize that social media, digital doesn't equate to reality. No. Because like you can have someone that has that many followers, but when it comes to reality, it doesn't equal that. Oh, no. I actually had to like, um, I remember that gig. Um, the equipment wasn't right. No one can DJ. And guess who had to save the entire event? I hope they gave you more money. They had to throw me, you know, a little bit more money. But literally, I had to, like, call, get someone with an Uber. Brand, like, literally, the Uber, which, think, shout out to him for, like, taking a package, an unknown package <laughs> of, you know, a Serato box and some extra tools and cords. And coming out the car and bringing it to this pier that we were DJing at, like... He could have been like, no, I don't know what this is. But this that's the thing. Always being professional. Just being like, you know, well, next time, this is what you need to charge me. So it's your, it's your thing. You can either stand your ground and say, look, I'm not going to work for this amount of money because it's not right. Or if you want to prove yourself and say, hey, I'm going to work for this amount of money. But um, next time, you'll, you know, you'll see my worth. And, and that's what happened a lot was things got so saturated because it was so many female DJs. And people would take for less then you got to start lowering your rate because the girls who have the huge followings are taking a hundred dollars. You're coming in charging thousands of dollars because that's what your rate was. It's a a messy game, you know? Yeah, I hear it's (laughs) crazy with the rates right now. Mm -hmm. Song number three. Hmm. I'm going to go and jump into uh, Golden by Jill Scott. You know, I feel like it's a big cliche, but... It just reminds me of when I hit that point, that sweet spot where it was money. It was, you know, having my own apartment and just really taking care of myself and just knowing what I wanted, whether it was um, relationships, career, you know, how I wanted to take care of myself, really getting into fitness. I always dance, but really like, you know what? I like spin. I like, you know, I hate the gym, but I really like to work out doing hot yoga these type of things. So, and just really learning like what kind of friends I wanted to be around. So when I hear that, like living my life, like it's golden, it just makes you like smile. As soon as you hear it, you're like, okay, I'm feeling good. My life is great. You know? <laughs> so yeah, I'll say that one. Oh, what did it take you to get to that point? Ooh. So it goes back to me making that solid decision to say, listen, um, I'm going to go through these two things. But then after the two things I had to say, Gotta be one. Gotta be one, girl. You can't do it anymore. Because um, I went to corporate event planning and my schedule was great, but I was DJing as much hours as I was at my nine to five. And um, I was getting burned out. And all those sick days that I was taking to DJ, I started getting sick. (laughs) So I was calling out so often. I remember, you know, us being... 
in the bathroom and me putting on my outfit to DJ and Sway in the morning and then go into a meeting and like my boss is like, oh, you got a, a whole face on. Are you for the doctor's office? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I forgot <laughs> to take off my makeup oh my because like, oh, and I'm like, I'm like, oh no, um, this is doc- this is doctor's. Visit. It's a she's doctor like, beat. It's like a doctor beat. Your hair is done. Edges are laid down. And okay, cool. So when I really started DJing full time, um, that was the scariest thing I could yeah, possibly think of. Um, it was super scary. And I've just, I haven't looked back. You know, it, it, I will not lie. There was some ups and downs, but it's really about going back and like creating your own opportunities, going after them. Um, You just can't get comfortable at all and keeping your eyes to the streets or have friends that really are like keep their eyes to the streets because I think I don't know a lot. But then I'll talk to some other people and I'm like, oh, you know about this artist, you know about this. Yeah, I changed this technology and I'm really into pop culture now. And I'm realizing how much that's helped me to know like, well, artists are, you know, out, you know, what brands are doing X, Y, Z. It's got to be super forward. So it's a gift and a curse. But um, I would say it's a it's a really golden era until, you know, the next things I decide that I want to do. Mm-hmm. So that leap of faith, what was that conversation like with yourself when you were like, OK, I'm going to quit my job and I'm a DJ full time? Well, the, the honesty thing was um, I was at my job and... I since with my whole event planning background, I did social, I did corporate, but then I went to financial, which is still corporate, but they really didn't have anything fun for me. Like I've always been a creative. So even if I put the suit on, I would come into the office. I would be the silly girl. I'm like, I would always bump everything up a notch. If we had a company party, I'm like, there's a DJ, there's champagne. They were like, um, <laughs> we don't want that. We just want like beer and we want a room. And, just, and I'm like, nah, we got to have this and that. So it was good, but they really didn't want that. Mm-hmm. And then they got someone to come in and uh, she was perfect for them. She told them everything they wanted to hear. And they were like, you know what? She's going to be your boss. Okay. And before, and I, I've always been super transparent, like very, I just say what's on my mind. It's just like, like really bad thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but when I met her, I was like, she wasn't my boss yet. And she said, um something along the lines like putting on this hi yeah we're gonna do this and i was like you're so phony like why are you so phony <laughs> and i was like you don't have to do that and then she became my boss and i kept that same energy like throughout that whole time like i just kept it consistent we bumped heads and it was like they just didn't know what to do with me and then i sat down and i just started thinking really deep negative bad thoughts about like myself my existence i wanted to like just do bad things to myself and i was like you got to go like you are so, like I would just be at my desk being like crying unhappy. They were like it's like every creative thing I had. And I'm like, God is pushing me out. So when we sat down, they were like, listen, you don't need to be here and you don't want to be here. Here's some money. <laughs> You're doing a really good job. And then they would start looking at like what I was doing when I was my social media, you know, clocking my money a little bit like, oh, yeah. that's a nice Hermes bracelet. Like, how can you afford it on this salary? And I'm like, because I can't on this salary. It's because I'm making money DJing too, you know? So it was a good mutual. I mean, at the time I was devastated. <laughs> I was very sad. And I was flying to Hong Kong like the next couple of weeks. And I was like, I can't go. I have no job. 
I got a gig in Hong Kong when I was there. Like, got me the way. It is a God. Always. It's just that you have to say, listen, all right, this is what you're bringing me. Let me just just put my big girl panties on (laughs) and just man up. You know, that that's what it's about. So that, that was, it was scary, but, um, no, I don't, I don't regret. I don't regret. And my mother will always be like, are you going to look for a job? I can, I'm like, I have a job. <laughs> I DJ for a living. Do you want to go for like a job job? You know? <laughs> but I, I just haven't looked back, you know? Song number two. Okay. So let's go into... So I just love this song. Because <laughs> it has nothing but like I've had a lot, a lot of bad relationships so like go into relationships because i've just always been interested in people's love life i'm just that girlfriend and so i picked her avenue i love that song it just it does something to me like she's just talking about like you know this guy who can't be happy and we all go through bad relationships and they actually make you a stronger person you know so first of all anything that her does i'm just like she just amazes me. She's super amazing. She's super amazing. On top of the fact that she plays the guitar like crazy, all the but all these instruments, yes. you know. So when I think about her and the song, it just does something like to me because I'm like, she's so creative. How does she even go through these experiences with these? You know, she's so young. Like these are like bad experiences. Like she's like, I'm just cruising down the avenue. You know, like I know. Just, just going past someone's house. I'm like, that's kind of creepy. But I'm not saying I, I haven't done that. But like, I just love that song. It just does something when I hear it. I'm like, man, you know, this reminds you that you can go through bad relationships, but they still, you know, you're always gonna come out winning. You know, so it's not good at, in the beginning. And it'll feel that, that way. Hurts. Yeah, it hurts. But like, when you get out of it, oh my goodness, you like either a couple things. You're gonna be like with that guy (laughs) or you're like wow i can't believe i was you know i'm just so much stronger so i like that song so what were some of the lessons you've learned after your bad relationships Ooh, yeah i'm see (laughs) (laughs) i'm still learning but um you cannot you have to know what you want and i think that's that's relationships that's career It's the easiest, hardest question I think you'll ever get. Yes. You know? (laughs) Like, what do you want? You're like, huh? Well, I mean, you may know what you want to eat. That's about, like, the only (laughs) thing I think I ever always know. I'm like, I know what I want to eat. That's it. But besides that, um, if you go into a, like, you know, I I heard, like, I'm really into, like, um, uh, sermons and church and stuff. And it's like, you're just in a relationship and you hope something sticks. Something sticks. Like, oh. You know, I like guys with this type of job. Mm, oh, I don't really care about this career. Or this part of personality kind of works for me. Or he's nice. He likes me. He's nice. He likes me. Death. Don't. Don't. That, that, don't that, that, will, that will get you killed. <laughs> because it, it just. It, it, who cares if that person likes you? And I think that that's been. Um, if I can give any advice. It's like that's not good enough. Because sometimes, you know, with a woman, we want to be wanted. And that's enough to sustain the relationship until you really get to see you know, how that person handles um, family. That's definitely important. Finances, how they, uh, you know, mon- monogamy, you know, things like that. But we're so interested on that person. When he's into me, he gives me his attention. He's really into me. 
that's great. That's, you know, some keys you need. But um, I think I've, I've just learned a lot. Like, I got to know, like, if it is, if I keep saying mm, something ain't right, something is not right. Mm-hmm. And it's probably never going to be right. Like, there's people like, I didn't like him at first, but he grew on me. I'm like, but how was that feeling? You know, did you actually still always like him? Did you always think he was still attractive? But if you're st- forcing it, nah, it's not going to, mm-mm. Not gonna work. <laughs> That's an important lesson. <laughs> right, right. Then you be cruising down the avenue, <laughs> you know. So don't do that. Mm-hmm. So throughout your um, career, what's also one of the greatest lessons you've learned? Um, just really taking care of yourself is number one. Since I'm really into fitness and I eat a lot, um, you know, I think God really was like, you know what. I'm going to give you a little bit of health issues like during, you know, (laughs) this time of you trying to be a full time DJ because you need to take care of yourself. Like even now, like I have this scratchy voice, but I've been D.C. and Boston train, plane, bus in a couple of days. And it's because I'm not taking care of myself. And when I'm on the road having salad opposed to like, oh, just give me a burger or I'm not going to drink. Let's just have tequila. That does not work. Like, you really have to take care of yourself and your body. You know, that's number one lesson is really taking care of yourself. Get up and go into whatever class, gym. That's important. Um, Second, your circle. Like, your friendships are everything, especially in anything creative. You know, you really have to keep a a tight-knit circle. And even if you don't know what you want, know around what you want. You know, like... I want to be a, you know, I think I want to be a DJ. I think I want to be a radio personality. So you want to work in some form of communication. You want to work in some something creative. You want to be around those people, see what they're doing, and then see what works there. Like you got, you have to sit down. And the number one lesson I was giving to myself even today is to sit down, evaluate, and take the time to put in the work to know what you want. Even if it's for the week. For this week, I want to, just do well in all my gigs and work out and acquire new clients. That's sitting down doing the work, you know? So, yeah, my lessons. <laughs> song number one. Uh, okay, so this is and this is Kanye sampled this song, but it's a Daft Punk, Stronger, Faster. Mm-hmm. That is my song. Like, I just love that, you know? So I have a very eclectic taste in music, but when I hear that Stronger, Faster, it's like, it just, it kind of gives me the same thing like power. You know, it gives me that just to keep going, like go stronger, to go faster. Just the keys I just said right now, you got to keep going. You know, sometimes faster is not always good, but stronger to come back. You're going to fall. You're going to make mistakes. You're not always going to get it your first try, which is probably another lesson that I probably learned because I like I'm the girl who doesn't read instructions. I do not sit down and read the manual for anything. Just figure like, out. I'm like, and it'll be something like major. It'll be like a bed. It'll be like a piece of equipment. I'm like, let's just figure it out. Oh, this is hard. Why can't I figure it out? You know? <laughs> Sit down and read the instructions. Like, that's why I say stronger, faster. Like, that song just gets me going. So what do you want your legacy to be? Well, my legacy to be just making people feel good. Um, I'm really into... Um, helping people and helping people through music so you know the next things that i 
want to see for myself is really developing TV, developing stuff around female DJs and the culture. Also, just my own personal stories of, you know, bad things in love life, good things in love life. And, um, you know, my family um, and mental health. I'm really into advocating for that. And um, it's being the best that I can be in the female DJ and personality and uh you know i'm always gonna be a foodie so that's never gonna you know and so those are the, the things with me just to keep and just to help people if i help people and i've helped enough people i will, I will be fulfilled so before we go you have to give us your dear black girl open letter oh <laughs> dear black girl you are so dope like you are amazing from the way you look to the way your swag is to your culture, just like you don't even know how dope you are. What you see is 10 times more than what everyone else sees from your hair to just the way you think like you got this. But also like don't let anyone, 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 anyone tell you your worth. You know your worth. You got this. You're always going to be 10 steps ahead because it's in our DNA. You know, you're strong, you're powerful, and you can do anything you put your mind to. That is true. And it's 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 statistics. It's facts. Signed, Crystal, DJ C. Devone, Peaches from the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> 